invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 5, the reading of God's Word. Continue our sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. This evening we look at the fruit of the Spirit called gentleness. Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. If you're using a few Bible, that can be found on page 1157. Let us now hear the word of God. For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Just by the reading of God's holy word, let's ask his blessing in a word of prayer. Gracious God and Father, we thank you for your word, which is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces our very souls, reveals to us our sin and shortcomings, reveals to us our transgressions, and yet it reveals to us and shows us the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus who is gentle and mild, the one who says, come to me all of you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest for your souls. Oh Lord God, we pray that you would speak to us through your living word, by the power of your Spirit, that you would produce, O Lord, the fruit of gentleness in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've looked at love, joy, and peace. We've looked at Patience or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And this evening we consider gentleness. And has been the pattern during the past number of sermons, we made it a point to define our terms. What is love? What is joy? What is peace? What is patience? Or better yet, what is long-suffering? To suffer long. What is kindness? What is goodness? What is faithfulness? Well, we come to the same 
thing with gentleness. What is gentleness? Some translations may have meekness. The word can be translated meek or meekness. And a word like meekness is often understood as weakness. If a person is meek, he is weak. Is that true? No. Not when we understand biblically how God defines gentleness or meekness. Some translations may use the word mild. Mild, gentle, or meek. They're all synonymous when it comes to this particular word. If you look at the Webster Dictionary, they define meekness and gentleness in the following way. Enduring injury with patience and without resentment, or deficient in spirit and courage. Notice that. Deficient in spirit and courage, or not violent or strong. Today, someone who is mild or gentle is labeled as weak, an inner weakness. Maybe you grew up in a family where you show, if you showed humility and gentleness, as we will define it, you were considered a weak person. That scars people. It really does. Someone who is perhaps timid. or weak, or without strength. That's a, a meek person. Well, that's not how the Bible defines it. The gentle and mild Christian, biblically, has an inner strength, an inner courage. Quite contrary to what we read from Webster, right? Deficient in spirit and in courage. No, 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 no. Biblically, gentleness is an inner strength, an inner courage, but it doesn't intimidate. It doesn't bully. It doesn't come across harsh. In many respects, it's kind of like kindness. You see here, these fruit of the Spirit, they're somewhat related to each other. They follow each other with slight nuances to the meaning. A gentle Christian, then, is one who has an inner power, an inner courage, an inner strength, but they do not use that strength to lord it over another and speak harshly to somebody or be harsh to somebody. One commentator says gentleness comes from a state of humility. Therefore, someone who lacks gentleness is often prideful and easily angered or feels the need for revenge. So, a person who is not gentle biblically is someone who has problems, a problem with long-suffering or patience and kindness. It becomes a house of cards. The house falls. The opposite of gentleness is harshness, sternness, and violence. And we see here biblically that the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, 
which is being produced by God's grace, by the Spirit, in His people, because it's, it doesn't come natural to us by nature. <laughs> because by nature, what do we do? We try to muster up our, ourselves. We try to build up ourselves. We try to find strength in ourselves, in our own wits, in our own mind, in our own heart, in our own desires. That's who we are by nature. And that's what the author's talking about when he says prideful. It, it, one, a person who's not gentle is prideful and arrogant and lacks humility because he's finding strength from within himself. Gentleness, according to the Bible, gentleness, which is a fruit of the Spirit, is not weakness. It's not a, a spinelessness. It's an inner strength. It's not a deficiency in spirit. It's a power by the Spirit of God in the inner man. But the way it's lived out, it's lived out in a gentle manner. By way of example, we have a lot of school teachers here, a lot of educators. A school teacher, if you want to lead your student to learning a particular subject, is it more profitable and more helpful and edifying if you lead gently or if you lead with a harsh hand. If you're a coach of a sport and you want to teach particular skills and fundamentals to a, uh, an athlete and you denigrate them and speak harshly to them rather than gently, will that be profitable for them? No. Gentleness is having that inner power, inner strength, confidence, but the way it communicates, the way it is lived out, is one of mildness, not tearing the person down, because that is counterproductive. We'll get to this more in our last point when we talk about gentleness produced by the Spirit. But know this, gentleness does not mean a weak inner spirit. Yes, we are weak by nature, but by grace, through faith, by the Spirit of God, He grants us power. Think about what Paul says to Timothy. You did not receive a spirit of timidity, but one of what? Power. And we'll get back to Paul's exhortation to Timothy and how he brings gentleness into that. You have been granted power, but gently lead. And so, gentleness, defined by Scripture, is an inner power, an inner strength produced by the Spirit of God. And the way it is lived out is it's lived out with gentleness, mildness, meekness, it doesn't show harshness or sternness to the other person. Because its intent is to lead someone to a destination. If I want to lead a student to be better at a particular subject, I'm leading them, I'm teaching them, I'm discipling them. 
And I'm using gentleness as an avenue, a way to do that. If I want to lead an athlete to be better at their craft, at their skill, at their sport, I'm going to lead them. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. We're going to sing that soon. Our Savior gently leads us. The Son of God and Son of Man who's full of power and might, but yet gentle. Secondly, the gentleness of God. I've been saying during the course of this sermon series that these fruit of the Spirit, these fruit of the Spirit are truly characteristic of God's nature, who He is. The gentleness of God, the gentleness of the Father. In the Old Testament Scriptures, we read about God's gentleness to Israel. He leads Israel, sheep, wayward sheep. He leads. He spoke kindly with acts of kindness. He spoke gently with acts of gentleness toward His people. Think about it this way. Pharaoh of Egypt, he was a harsh taskmaster. He was the opposite of gentleness. Those who put Israel and Judah in exile, Nebuchadnezzar of Babylonia, of Babylon, a harsh taskmaster, stern, they are the opposite of who God is. You see, in the Old Testament, Pharaoh of Egypt, Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, the king of Assyria, all of these evil leaders were symbolic, really, of Satan because there's a spiritual battle between good and evil, the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And the seed of the serpent is stern and harsh and evil. But the seed of the woman is gentle and meek. Pharaoh of Egypt enslaved the people of God and dealt harshly with them. We see that in Exodus 1, where he increased their plight, increased their workload. But our faithful Father, who is pure, good, and kind, dealt gently with them. He is a tender and gentle Father to those who call upon the name of the Lord in faith. In Isaiah chapter 40, we read this. Listen, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And then chapter 40, verse 11 says this. Listen carefully. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads them that have young. He gently leads them. You see there from that text that there's in gentleness... There is this 
inner power and strength that shows itself in a gentle leading and guiding of people. Not harshly, not with a stern hand or a stern upper lip. The meaning of gentleness is beautifully taught here in Isaiah chapter 40. It's leading with gentle and mild manners. A gentle and mild disposition of the heart. The heart of the Father. The heart of your Father. Consider, please, please consider the gentleness of your Father in heaven. I beg of you to consider Him. Earthly fathers fail, and sometimes they fail miserably. But your Father in heaven is, is gentle. Yes, He disciplines. He disciplines in love. For as a father disciplines his son, so does the Lord discipline you. Why? Because he loves you. But even in his discipline, he maintains gentleness. And this is why the gentleness of the father and of the son is so unique to themselves. It's so unique to the one true God. Gentleness to God is perfect. It's a perfection that we cannot achieve. Because consider the gentleness of Jesus, the Son. We see all the gentleness of the Father. What about the gentleness of the Son, of the Lord Jesus Christ, who came meek and mild, manifested in the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God manifested in the person of Jesus Christ, perfectly gentle, perfectly meek, He is the great shepherd of the sheep who tenderly and gently leads his sheep to green pastures. He is the good shepherd of Psalm 23. He is the good shepherd of John 10. I beg you to consider Jesus, the gentleness of Jesus for you, sinners saved by grace through faith. The sheep hear His voice and they follow Him. They follow Him because He is gentle and a meek shepherd. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 28. You know this well, but I want to draw your attention to to this text of Scripture. Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 28. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am what? What does he say? I am what? Gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The religious leader placed heavy burdens upon them. They were like taskmasters. They were stern They added legalism. They added to the Word of God and placing these extra laws upon them to burden them. But here Jesus comes to fulfill the law and the prophets. Jesus comes to be the gentle, mild shepherd of the sheep. And He says, come! 
Come, I am gentle and lowly. You will find rest for your souls. Some of you are restless because you're not finding rest in Jesus. Some of you are anxious because you're not finding rest in Him. Some of you are anxious and restless and perhaps feeling a bit hopeless. Because you're not resting in Jesus. We look to ourselves, and when we look to ourselves, Jesus is in a rearview mirror and soon forgotten. And then what happens? Our hearts become restless. I love what St. Augustine says. My heart is restless, O Lord, until it finds my, his rest, its rest in what? In who? In Thee, O God. My heart is restless until it finds its rest in Thee, O God. Do you know the gentleness of Jesus? Do you know the gentleness of the Father who sent the Son? The Son who has absolute authority over all things in heaven and on earth. The Son who executes His absolute power perfectly while maintaining gentleness toward His people. The Lion of the tribe of Judah is a gentle shepherd. How is it that Jesus, and this, this is what I mean, that Jesus is gentle in a way that we are not and, and cannot be on this side of glory. Jesus is gentle and at the same time can toss tables in the temple. Jesus is gentle and yet in righteous judgment and call out the Pharisees and say, you brood of vipers. He is, Jesus is perfect in every one of his offices that he holds. He's a perfect shepherd. He is a gentle shepherd. This is what makes gospel good news and a blessing. This is what makes the gospel of Jesus Christ attractive. He's not like the false prophet Muhammad who promotes war and hatred and violence. He's not like the gods of Hinduism that promotes hatred, violence, and murder. He's not like the gods of this world, the idols of this world, He is Jesus, Son of God and Son of Man, who perfectly displays gentleness. The authorities of Jesus' day abused their authority and power in ways that were very burdensome. But Jesus says that He is the gentle one. Come to me. Come to me. And I dare to say that there are churches that do the same today. Let's not kid ourselves. Churches that impose a legalism on people, burdening people, making their yoke around their neck heavy, where Jesus becomes an afterthought. It's Jesus and, Jesus plus, Jesus plus my works, Jesus plus whatever. The 
That's not the gospel. Jesus comes, says, come to me in faith, for I am gentle, I am meek, I am kind and humble in heart. Defining gentleness, we looked biblically at what that was, what gentleness is. We looked at the gentleness of God, and now lastly, the gentleness produced by the Spirit of God. Christians have come to know the gentleness of the Father, the gentleness of the Son, and the gentleness of God is being produced by God the Spirit. Because we by nature are not gentle. Those who possess gentle love by the Spirit are in fact gentle giants. You've heard of that phrase before, gentle giants. Kind of a cute little phrase, but think about it for a moment. Spiritually, gentle giants in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what the Spirit does. He produces this fruit of righteousness in us. A.W. Tozer once wrote, The meek man knows he is as weak and helpless as God declared him to be, but paradoxically, he knows at the same time that he is in the sight of God of more importance than angels. In himself he is nothing. In God he is everything. He is everything. God is producing this gentleness because God is with us and God is in us. Producing in us this inner power, this inner courage, and producing in us feet of faith to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, to walk in gentleness, to learn, learn how to gently deal with people. This is such an important fruit of the Spirit when it comes to relationships, when it comes to church interaction and communication. Is church practiced, or is gentleness practiced in the church? Is it practiced in your home? Fathers, how do you speak to your children? How do you discipline your children? Mothers, the same question. How do you speak to your children? How do you discipline your children? Employers, how do you speak to your employees? How do you treat your employees? Are you gentle or harsh and stern? Colossians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Teachers, do not provoke your students, lest they become discouraged. Employers, do not provoke your employees lest they become discouraged. This isn't saying we're not disciplining. That's not what's being said. We discipline in love, but the way we discipline, the manner in which we discipline, the how-to Do we discipline gently in order to lead them 
to Christ and to the truth. One commentator writes, when we find ourselves tempted or inclined to be rough and severe towards anybody, we should think of the meekness and gentleness of Christ which appeared in Him in the days of His flesh, in the design of His undertaking, and in all the acts of His grace toward poor souls. That was Matthew Henry. And so you want to learn gentleness. You want to pray, God, produce in me, by Your grace and Spirit, this fruit of the Spirit called gentleness. Help me to walk in the way of the Spirit. Help me to walk in Christ. To put on Christ. To walk in the gentleness and meekness of Christ. To look to the Savior who shows immense pity on on us and deals with us gently, leading us by His rod and staff, leading us beside still waters, leading us to green pastures, and He does so gently. Teach me to do that. Teach me to be gentle in the way I disciple, I shepherd my children, grandchildren, my fellow believer. We need to be asking ourselves the question, was I gentle in my teaching and instructive? Or was I harsh and argumentative? Secondly, gentleness is the willingness to suffer than to inflict injury. This is gentle love, friends. Gentle love. It is a sacrifice because we know all things belong to God and we leave everything in His hands. This re- requires controlling and putting to death the works of the sinful nature, putting together, to, to death the harshness of our hearts and souls, looking to Christ, looking to Christ, and putting on Christ. Peter says in 1 Peter 3, verse 16, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. See how he follows that? Give an answer. Be prepared to give an answer. Do it with gentleness, or literally it can be meekness here, and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you and your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So this gentleness is one that does not speak evil or do evil against their neighbor. It in fact puts their neighbor to shame. Because they can't hold anything against the Christian who exercises gentleness. Because giving an answer to everyone for the hope that is within you with harshness and sternness is counterproductive. That's why Paul says to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and the Lord's servant must, be, must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his, his opponents with gentleness. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. Leading them to the truth with gentleness. And then he goes on to say, God may perhaps grant them repentance 
leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Gentleness is the willingness to suffer than inflict injury because its intent is to lead like a shepherd, to lead in truth and in love, not harshly. Thirdly, church leaders. How do we as church leaders practice gentleness among the people of God? People of God, how do you practice gentleness to one another? Harshness and stern-nosed ministry is not acceptable in the church. It leads to the tearing down of the people of God. We model Christ and His ministry to the flock. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am humble when face to face with you, but bold towards you when I am away. Paul and the apostles imitated Christ and His gentleness and meekness toward the people of God. And so too shall His leaders of the church. And so too Christian to one another. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul talks about how he went to Thessalonica and he was gentle to them like a mother to, his, to her children. Shepherding them and leading them in the truth of the Word of God. Shepherds, elders, pastors are called to be gentle or meek among the people leading them in the true doctrines of salvation and faith in Christ, essentially imitating Christ in the ministry. But this is true for every one of you in the way you relate and interact to one another, in the home, in the church. I want to conclude with a prayer from General Douglas MacArthur. He wrote this prayer for his son many years ago. He prayed this, Lord, build me a son who will be strong enough to know when he is weak and brave enough to face himself when he is afraid. One who will be proud and unbending in honest defeat and humble and gentle in victory. Build me a son whose wishes will not take the place of deeds, a son who will know thee, who is the foundation stone of knowledge. Lead him, I pray, not in the path of ease and comfort, but under the stress and spur of difficulties and challenge. Here let him learn to stand up to the storm. Here let him learn compassion for those who fail. Build me a son whose heart will be clear, whose goal will be high, a son who will master himself before he seeks to master other men. One who will reach into the future and never forget the past. And after all these things are his, add, I pray, enough of a sense of humor so that he may always be serious, but never take himself too seriously. Give him humility so that he may always remember the simplicity of true greatness and an open mind of true wisdom and the meekness of true strength. Then I, his father, will dare to whisper, I have not lived in vain. Meekness is not weakness. 
Gentleness is not weakness. Yes, by nature we are weak. But by grace, through faith, we are made strong by the power of God to know that we are weak apart from Him. And that apart from Him, we can do nothing. Gentleness is grounded in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the power of the Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit that relies upon complete and total dependence upon your Lord and Savior, Jesus. A complete and total dependence upon Him. A total humility for the love and well-being for your neighbor. May God, by His grace, cultivate in us a spirit of gentleness, a heart of gentleness, gentle love. I don't know about you, but when all is said and done, may it be said of me, He was a gentle person. A shepherd. Not because I'm a minister, but because I'm a Christian. May that be said of you too. May God indeed produce in us that spirit, that fruit of the Spirit called gentleness, so that when people even come here to worship at Emmanuel, they see, they see gentleness from you and me. They see the power of the Gospel at work in you. They see a gentle love. A firm conviction of the truth of the Gospel and the Word of God but a truth, a faith that worketh through love, that worketh through gentle love. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God and faithful Father, we are humbled by the fact that You would call us to Your grace and Your gentleness and in Your kindness and mercy and steadfast love You have called us to Yourself. You have called us to follow Jesus, our gentle Savior and Lord, who is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We thank You, O Lord, that You are producing fruits of righteousness in Your people. We pray, O Lord, we ask, we seek, we knock, that You would produce these fruit of the Spirit in us, and that we may glorify You, that You would produce these fruit of the Spirit in us, not to draw attention to ourselves, but to draw attention to You, O God, and give glory to Your name, and Christ be exalted. O Father in Heaven, may You perform divine heart surgery on each and every one of us, we pray. And may we go forth, putting feet to our faith, walking in gentle love, walking in the Spirit and by the Spirit, putting to death daily the sin of harshness and sternness, of envy, of rivalries, of anger and jealousy and strife and enmity. May we put these to death in our lives and in our hearts and put on Christ, put on gentleness. We pray in Jesus' name.